0: Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today we are going to be talking about various characters out of the Bible – um, that really stand out as major figures throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah, and just kind of dissecting their lives and looking at the fallenness of even our greatest eh, quote unquote heroes of the Bible. And
1: it, it we we don't have to search for examples; they jump right out at you.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, like all of them. It's harder to
1: think of somebody who's only painted in a good way. And there are a few. Very few.
0: But even those, it gets hashed get, out later. That's right, that's right. Right. So, so you know, without getting into too much of that, uh, we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But first, let's have a word from our sponsors. Okay, Randy. So um we we kinda used the word I said quote unquote heroes in the right, intro yeah, there. Yeah, uh yeah. reason being when you brought this to my attention, you said, Hey, what if we do like a, a fallen heroes yeah. episode? And I love it. I think that's awesome. My only thought on that was we gotta be careful with the word hero. Exactly. Because yeah. people might get the wrong idea. Right.
1: Because Scripture certainly does not paint humans, people like you and me, as the major figure of the Bible. The major figure of the Bible is God and Jesus.
0: Right. Well, Jesus being a human, but being also holy God, right? Right. Yeah. Which makes it a little trickier even. But, that, yeah, that God is the only hero in our story.
1: So this idea, uh, it, it... I'm borrowing it basically from a podcast that I listened to. Oh, eight, nine months ago. Okay. It's a Jordan Peterson podcast, uh, in which he interviewed Vishal Mangalwadi, who I think is Irish. I mean, uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, uh, he is Indian. He's one of the prominent Indian philosophers today. Um, uh, recognizes this is not necessarily a Christian philosopher, but a philosophy philosopher. Now, he happens to be a Christian, and while I was on Peterson, he said, the way I came to the Lord is that I was looking for different books to read. My sister said, here's my Bible. Uh, Read my Bible. I think you'll enjoy it. And he said, I kind of begrudgingly began to read it. And he said, I was blown away. Because what I expected is what I was going to find in every other religious text in which the main figures are painted as glorious people, just uh, wonderful uh, uh, religious people who are like uh, uh, stalwarts and and uh, uh, heroic in every sense of the word. But he said, I read the Bible. And I got to Kings and Chronicles, and the author there tells us how rotten these guys were. And it was obvious that they were rotten. And we've
0: talked about that before. He must have started in Kings and Chronicles if that's where he first started to come to this conclusion. Because you don't necessarily go there. (laughs) You can't make it three chapters into Genesis before you've realized how screwed up. All these main characters are right.
1: I got the sense that he probably started in Genesis, but it was Kings and Chronicles where it dawned that, on him that yeah, it kind of stood out to him because of how lousy they really were. Yeah, and he said,
0: My goodness,
1: well, this must be true because they're not trying to hide anything.
0: Well, Kings and Chronicles, too, is kind of fun because you get to those lists where it's like. And he was, you know, a good king. And he was, you know, like it, it just kind of lays out what they did or what but, they didn't do.
1: But even there, even the ones that are good kings, a lot of times they've got a lot of bad stuff going on in their lives. Right, right, right.
0: There are a couple that get you get zero negative feedback on. Yeah, not so much the kings. The kings,
1: pretty much everybody had, oh. had their warts. Is it Josiah? Yeah, look I, him up. He's got his warts. Does he? <laughs> he really
0: does. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I was going to say, but just like in a couple of those lists, it uh, it doesn't go in, but then it might later in different books. You
1: get kings or or you get people like Joseph who, uh, there's nothing overt there. And yet the way he treated his brothers, you can kind of see him trying to work through this. Oh, he's okay. a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 One of them he imprisons for a couple of years and right. uh, all of them he insults and yeah, you get Daniel. Now, Daniel's a pretty good dude. You don't get much negative about him except when Daniel talked to Nebuchadnezzar, he was very uh honoring, uh, oh, mighty king, oh, gracious king. When he talks to his son, Belshazzar or Belteshazzar, I forget which which of the names it is. But when he talks to his son, man, he <laughs> – He goes in on him. He, yeah, he yeah. pretty much says, you jerk.
0: <laughs> right, right. Which I'm not so sure is like bad, but like regardless, okay, yeah. regardless of what the story paints about each of these pictures, they're incredibly human figures. And by the time we get to the New Testament, it's, it's like Paul is so very aware of the sinful nature of every man that's ever lived oh, yeah. that he writes about it. Yeah. Right? Like, not one of us is righteous. No, not one. You know? Like right. Right. The right. only righteous one is Christ. So the authors of the Bible are not pulling punches and trying to make it seem like anybody is good. Some are better than others, but they're all fallen. Yes, and so we thought it'd be interesting for this podcast to take a look at some of those figures and just say, like, "Hey, you know, what good did they do? <laughs> Let's look at the th- the great things they did, but then at the same time, like, but what did they what bad did they do yeah, you know, and yeah. show like yeah. the human nature of this and uh then kind of use that to sort of relate it to our own lives and our own faults, uh but then how we." Are still being used by God today? Yeah, yeah. So can we maybe jump right in and just start looking? Sure at Sure thing. Of these? Sure thing. How about uh, how about right from the top? Book of Genesis. Let's do it. Yeah. What do we do with Adam and Eve? <laughs> they they almost seem more bad than good in the bits we get of the story.
1: Kind of, and yet, you know, they must have been pretty good people. Uh. Had their problems, had
0: their problems, but, uh, they still had to have like pushed forward the truth of God in some way though. Yeah. Because, because you still have priesthoods in the early days, like you get Melchizedek. Yeah,
1: that's right. So it's like, so where'd that come from? Right. right?
0: Like there, there still is a truth of the goodness of God being pushed through a priesthood.
1: So Adam and Eve must've communicated to their kids, uh, Certainly the Cain and Abel, because both Cain and Abel are making sacrifices. And trying to honor God. And trying to honor God. And then Seth afterwards, you know, carries on that line. So they're, they're trying to do good, but.
0: They damned all of
1: humanity. You know? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so
0: that's kind of a big deal, you know.
1: They were given one stinking command to obey, and they didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's one of those things where you can't be too mad at him, though because like we all do that like once every hour well, like just just drop the ball yeah i honestly think that that's
1: what paul is saying in romans chapter 6 where uh he starts talking about adam and eve and uh, he comes to a point and he says uh there was a time that i knew no sin and uh sin raised its head and sin deceived me hmm. and he uses language that comes straight from genesis three it's like paul is saying yeah adam and eve introduced sin to all of humanity but i do a pretty decent job of that myself yeah <laughs> so do i
0: yeah i mean we all do right yeah. um yeah so i mean we could I don't know that it's so much fun to just, like, go down down the list from the beginning to the end on this. Right. I don't think that's the way right. to do this. Um, so let's jump around a bit. Let's look at uh maybe the like next major, major figure. Major figure like Abraham? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, Abraham, good guy. Marries late in life. He and his wife have no kids. Uh, God comes to him and says – um. You know, I've got a special job for you, a special task. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take your descendants and make of them a mighty nation.
0: That will bless all the nations.
1: That will bless everybody else. Just walk with me. Okay, great. Abraham does a decent job of that. I mean, he does some pretty gutsy things. He leaves home to go wherever God's telling him. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, sets up shop in Palestine. His nephew is taken and he goes and he chases down a coalition of five kings that have taken Lot and defeats them and brings Lot back. So all of that's, you know, that's that's pretty good. Uh, God says, sacrifice your son to me and Abraham actually does that yeah all that's great but you get a couple of things um I don't know what impression you get of Abraham I read the story and I kind of get the impression that he just kind
2: of goes along for the ride
1: When they have no children, Sarah comes to him and says, why don't you take my Egyptian slave, Hagar, and uh, you go ahead and have sex with her. And then whoever is born, the son that's born, I'll take and raise as my son.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: Abraham says, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which that always – Okay. So something that's so interesting to me about Abraham, right, is Paul talks about him in Hebrews eleven as yeah. the is that where he goes into the language of like the father of all who have faith kind yeah. of deal?
1: Well, yeah, Paul uh Paul talks about that in Romans, but Hebrews eleven also. Mentions there you go. It, yeah. There you go.
0: So that's that's where he's given us like the Hall of Famers, right? The, the, right. the Hebrews, faith Hebrews the, eleven. The Hall right. of Faith, I guess you could say. Right. And, um, and so we're supposed to look at the life of Abraham and go, oh, this is a guy who had faith. But then like, if you were to break it down into like the ways that Abraham slips up, if you saw modern Christians slip up in the same ways that Abraham slipped up, you'd immediately be like, do they even believe in God? (laughs) Do they even have like, you know what I'm saying? So like faith is a much more confusing thing. Then I think we try to make it like we, we make faith like, I guess in our heads or in my head, it's like, Oh, faith in God. It's like uh, this unwavering thing. Yeah. Abraham's faith is very wavering. Oh, yeah. Because he's constantly doing the exact opposite thing of what God has asked him to do. Hey, you're going to have a kid through Sarah. This is going to happen. Okay. Cool. Gonna go sleep with a concubine now. Like what? I'm sorry. What? Like, you know, that we're going to go do our way. Uh Hey, you know, I'm going to have you pass through this land. I'm your shield, Abraham. I'm your protector. I'm with you. Awesome. Okay. As soon as we get here, Sarah, can you pretend that you're my sister so these <laughs> guys don't kill me? It's like everything God says, Abraham's like, awesome, great, love it. Going to go do something different, though. <laughs> yeah, <Like, laughs> Exactly. But we exactly. wouldn't call that faith in a lot of ways. No. But Paul looks at it and says, but he had faith. Yeah. yeah. And it, I think it's just at the end of the day, Abraham, like... Knew if there was a way through, it had to be God, even if he didn't understand it, even if he – God
1: was going to carry him through. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he messed it up a lot. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he he did – through certain actions, you see that it was real. Through other actions, you question if it was real. But those actions where he did stand up and go, no, I believe, it's like apparently that's that's all – God needed. Faith. You know, like that's, that's the interest. I shouldn't say needed, but yeah, you you get what I'm saying. That's what God was looking for. Yeah. 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 You wanted to see his real faith. It it was real. It's just very confusing for us, I guess, from a human standpoint to see that. Yeah. But there was something in him that God counted as true.
1: Right down to Jesus' time, uh, Israelites referred to themselves as children of Abraham. Very much so. And they... Tend to gloss over all of those iffy sections. Yeah. And they talk a lot about the good things that he did, which he did a lot of good things.
0: Yeah. He just did a lot of screwed up stuff, too. He did. He did. And I mean, that's the father of all those who have faith.
1: Jacob? Jacob's, Jacob's the father of the 12. Sons of Israel, and they become the tribes of ja- Israel. Jacob and, is Israel. Yeah, Jacob is. becomes Israel. His name is changed to Israel. Which, But you look at what he did, and oh, my gosh. Yeah. First of all, uh, his brother comes home and says, I'm really hungry. Uh, I see you're cooking some stew. Can I have some stew? Now, a decent brother would say you're hungry sure you know grab a bowl and pull up a chair and let's sit down and eat together but not jacob he says what do you give me for it in fact why don't you sell me your birthright the right of being called the firstborn son and esau who is also a piece of work, says, well, yeah, what good is that if I die? Uh, He was not in danger of dying. He just saw something he wanted, and so he gave away something to take it. And Jacob was very willing to uh, sell him uh, that bowl of porridge for his birthright.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that he's so eager and willing to just dupe his brother out of an inheritance.
1: And then he dupes his father out of the
0: blessing. And his mom's totally, like, kind of behind the scenes, just pulling the strings.
1: And, I mean, uh, you read that story, and one of the things that it says early on is that uh, Isaac loved Esau. and Whose mom's name Rachel? No, Rebecca.
0: Rebecca loved Jacob. That's formula for disaster. Sorry, I (laughs) had to think. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Rebecca is the mother of Joseph and.
1: No, that's Rachel.
0: Rachel. Dang it, dude. Yeah. See, too many R names. Too many R names. Yep. Um, You know what this one also makes me think of? Sorry, and we're skipping around at this point. Well, kind of, actually. We're, like, right in the right spot. But you mentioned Tamar last week. Oh, my goodness. I mean, okay. This is where it gets real hairy, (laughs) right? Because, basically, she pretends to be a prostitute in order to receive the child that she is due.
1: That's Genesis chapter 35, I think it is. And I... I believe that the whole purpose that story is included is to show us what a piece of work Judah was. Yes. Judah, first of all, is the guy that comes up with the idea to sell Joseph into slavery instead of just outright killing him because then they get some coin. And then immediately after they sell Joseph, you have this story of Judah had three sons. He gives his oldest son to Tamar. And he dies, so he gives his second son to Tamar so that she would be able to provide a descendant who would take his oldest son's place. And the second son, whose name is Onan, (laughs) uh, instead of giving her a child, will have sex with her and then ejaculate on the ground. Right. So she won't get pregnant. Why? Because if he gets her pregnant, that becomes the firstborn son who receives two, uh, two portions in the inheritance. Right. If she has no son, then Honan gets it all. Uh, well, he shares it with his brother. Right. So he dies too. Scripture says God killed him because he wouldn't provide for his brother. So Judah doesn't give the third son to her. He says, oh, he's he's too young, but he never intended to give it to her. And that's when Tamar pretends to be a prostitute. Judah goes into Tamar using a prostitute in his mind. And it's actually his daughter-in-law. Insane. Oh, my gosh.
0: Like, like this
1: is this is moral depravity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, and I mean, there's probably people out there that haven't read a lot of the Bible and know We're of saying, the Bible. Oh, that can't be in there. right, right? Like it just <laughs> seems it so out of is. place. Like this is the story. Like this is what's happening. Yet, through all that, right? Like, because, like, we ca- we kind of talked about this last week. Like, Tamar is even. Really screwed up for pulling this in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like everybody here's bad guy, but it's through Judah's bloodline that Christ will eventually That's right. prevail. That's right, isn't it?
1: You're absolutely right. Which is crazy.
0: I mean, he's the lion of Judah, right? Like right, right. this is this is the means through which God allows christ to come into the world <laughs> like god uses the evil and the depravity of man even to bring his own son into the world in fact
1: in matthew's genealogy of christ you have three sets of 14 generations but you have three women named Tamar's one of them yeah as christ's great, 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 great grandmother, <laughs> you know, way back when. The other one mentioned Rahab, a prostitute, who ends up uh, saving the spies who came from Joshua and getting them to promise that they would spare her and her family. And she is also one of Jesus's great, 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 great ancestors. And the third one, Ruth, who is a Moabitess, of whom it is said, uh, the son of a Moabitess will not enter the temple down to the 10th generation. She's David's grandmother.
0: (laughs) That's wild. Wait, no, wait, wait. who makes that rule? Does God make that rule?
1: It's in the book of Leviticus. Yeah. Interesting. I think the point is Ruth becomes a Jewess. when she says to Noemi, um, your people be my people. Your God will be my that's God. That's true. Because so she at that point, I believe in a spiritual sense, ceases to be a Moabite.
0: Well, isn't that even part of Leviticus is people joining, oh, yeah. joining the Jews? Yes. At, they, be, they can tell how Jews. you can do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's and not she so does crazy. That. No. No. Yeah, that's interesting. So, okay. Well, I mean, that's even kind of a cool picture of God using, like, it is, it is, like turning enemies into, into his children.
1: I never thought of that, but you know, you get uh, in the book of Ruth, Noemi is the mom whose sons die. And then she goes back to Israel and says, they greet her as Noemi. They said, don't call me Noemi, call me Mara. That means bitter. So she becomes a bitter old lady, but Ruth goes with her, and Ruth is nothing but virtue. Ruth is just good all the way through. She's not even Jewish at that
0: point. She's a Moabitess. Which I mean, is there satire to be seen there on why she's depicted? At as least such? irony, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's like a Jonah vibe there. Could be, could be. The, the, all the people in the Book of Jonah that should be the bad guys in every other story of the Bible are the logical, reasonable people. Yeah, and Jonah, the prophet of God, is a jerk, <laughs> and he doesn't want to do his job, and he's running he wants from to his. Disobey calling.
1: God? It's pagans and who he, say, "Oh no, you got to obey your God."
0: <laughs> and he wants to. He wants to disobey God because God's trying to save evil people, and Jonah wants them to die. Right. But then they repent immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Right. Like, so there again, the prophet, <laughs> the prophet in this story is the piece of work, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about, uh, what about like the book of Judges? I, we don't have to do all them. But oh, like, my goodness. You get,
1: uh, you look like at get, Samson.
0: Samson's a good one.
1: There is not much positive to say about Samson.
0: He sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the, the first time. He has like four major battles with the Philistines. Uh The first time it's to pay a gambling debt. The second time it's for revenge. Uh, the third time he's in a city visiting a prostitute and they try to lock him in. So he picks the gate, the city gate off of its hinges, walks it down the valley and Up the mountain on the other side, leaves it at the top of the other
0: mountain. Let us not forget the fact that he ties foxes together by the tails and lights them on (laughs) fire to send them into the city. Not exactly a sweet guy kind of move. You know what I mean? Like, go burn their fields down. And
1: then the last time is for personal revenge because they've gouged out his eyes. And That's Samson. I mean.
0: And yet there's a faith in him.
1: Hebrews eleven comes back and mentions Samson, not in detail. He just says, Oh, time wouldn't wouldn't there wouldn't be enough time if I would tell you the stories of people like Jephthah from the Book of Judges, who's horrible, and Samson from the Book of Judges. Gideon. But there was a faith in them. Yeah. All of these
0: guys fall down. That that part I'm gonna be very honest. When I hear that, that makes me so much more um, secure in my own faith that if those (laughs) guys had faith, man, there's hope for me. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Okay. Vishal uh, Mangalwadi uh, talked about Kings and Chronicles. Uh, Saul, David, Solomon. I mean, those were... David, I mean, for, David's probably the key example there.
0: I mean, he starts like. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to, you know, as a fresh reading of the Bible, you know nothing. You know nothing about it. I'm just reading it straight through. You're looking for the Messiah. You're looking for the guy that's going to be the guy to crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. David seems like the prime contender. Oh. Until he's he not. He crushes
1: Goliath. Who has snakey armor on. Yeah. Right, they right. talk about his, his armor as scales, scales of a snake. Bronze,
0: which is yeah, another, bronze. another same word, word that used with for snake. serpent. Yeah.
1: And then Bathsheba, he goes out and he kills one of his personal friends so he can marry his wife, whom he's gotten pregnant while his friend was away at war.
0: And he, not just his friend, his friend and all the other kings. When all the kings were away for war, where's David? Chilling at home. Yep. Chilling in the castle, letting his guys out on the line. Like, what? Yeah, he's a very morally interesting dude. Got a lot of flaws there right in the middle of the story. The way he
1: uh, raises his
0: kids. Terrible. says
1: of one of them that he never said anything negative to his son. And as a result, he grew up spoiled rotten
0: hmm yeah and and at the same time, though, I think what's so cool and almost admirable about David is when he finally sees his sin for what it is, he's broken by it he is he is you know like he he truly does love God,
1: he does, and he truly repents of what he's done, right but he goes out and he screws up again and again and again.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's almost like the damage is just done. Yeah. Like like the the few terrible things that he has already done by the time he ever even really does repent, it it it's almost like it wouldn't really matter if he did repent. It's right. it's right, that right, bad. Right, right. It's that bad. The problems are that bad. And yeah, he just keeps dropping the ball. Yeah. over and over again. But then God Says, this is a man after my own heart. What? Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean? But that's so what was it about
1: David that made him a man after God's heart?
0: I think it's the good in David. It's it's the it's the ways that David allowed God to work through him. You read through the book of Psalms and you see David sometimes,
1: not that David wrote all the Psalms, but a lot of the Psalms, something like 60 Psalms, it says this is a Psalm of David. Sometimes he's mad and he tells God, I'm mad. Sometimes he's sad and he, and he weeps. Sometimes he's got a request. God, why don't you protect me? Uh, but he connects. He connects with God consistently and he doesn't hide from God. He tells God what he's really feeling, he doesn't go through the motions.
0: I think something else about David's character that really does like you see God in it is like Saul, for instance. Saul hates David in a lot of ways, right? Saul loves David in a way, which is also really weird. Oh, Saul was bipolar. Um, Oh, he's so bipolar. (laughs) But he, like, wants to kill David. David knows Saul wants to kill David. David has the opportunity to murder Saul, to, to kill him, right. to save himself. I mean, I honestly think you could almost call it self-defense at that point because he oh,
1: knows he was, he's there to kill him. If Saul had found him like that, he would have killed him.
0: Yeah, right. And he's got the drop on him. He's in a cave. Saul is relieving himself. David <coughs> has the moment. He could kill him right now. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He gives him mercy. And it's like.
1: And afterwards, he say, "He says it's because you are God's anointed. No matter what I feel about you, God has made you king.
0: I can't remove that from you. And that's amazing. And at the same time, that almost reflects the way God sees us, I think, in a lot of ways. That, like, he has made us in his image. We are his children. He could swat us off the earth at any second, and he has every right to do so. And yet he's slow to anger, and he's quick with his mercy. God is patient, yeah. And so I think in these fallen heroes maybe that's something consistent that we see as we see little little pieces of the attributes of god yeah reflected through them and and not always through what they do but sometimes through what they don't do like with gideon right gideon could go in with a large army with all the power right. and go take out this other right. army and god keeps going no less people you need less you you need less fighters and gideon does it and Gideon does it. Gideon, Gideon is willing to say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice what I think I need to do to win for what God is telling me I need to do to win. And so he lets God have all the glory in that. He lets God's glory show through their lack of ability, and yet they still prevail.
1: But then afterward, he makes a, a breastplate and sets it up, puts a shrine around it. People come and say, oh, this is the God that delivered us. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't correct him. He doesn't say, oh, no.
0: Nope. Builds his shrines. He just builds his shrine. Yep. Yep. Super bummer.
1: You know, you get to the New Testament, and uh, Peter, I think, is a great example of this, (sighs) where you get to actually see Peter develop.
0: Yeah, you do.
1: And you see his problems all along. You see him kind of make a change, but not quite.
0: (laughs) Dude, even up into the cross, Peter has been like Jesus' right-hand man this whole time. Yeah. You know, like this is like his guy. He
1: walked on water.
0: Yeah. And as soon as he takes his eyes off. (laughs) That's right, right. for a little bit. Yeah. Um, But. You see, like right up until the garden, Peter's chopping ears off for Jesus. That's like right. he's like, don't you get near him? Draws a sword, chops a guy's ear off. Like this is this is a violent man. This is a man who is willing to do whatever it takes. He denies Jesus three times. He denies knowing him three yeah. times yeah. at the crucifixion before the rooster crows, and then yet. Jesus, after the resurrection, looks at Peter and says, do you love me? And Peter says, you know, I do, Lord. He says, mm-hmm, and feed my sheep, you know, and, yeah, and you get that that yeah. threefold, right, that, that right, perfect, right. like, it's like where Peter denied him three times, Jesus gave him the opportunity to accept him three times yeah, and to take yeah. his responsibility, right, right, right. which is cool. Like, it, there's this, like, he's not perfect. He's very flawed. Yet, once again, there is a faith in him. Yeah. There is a faith in Christ in him, a faith in God.
1: Then in the book of Acts, Peter, kind of in those 40 days when they were kind of waiting around, not sure what to do, he kind of jumps ahead of things and says, well, you know, we only have 11 disciples. Now we're supposed to be 12. So let's name the 12th and the they cast lots and it falls to a guy and Peter says, okay, this is the new 12th disciple and you never hear of him again. What's his
0: name? Matthias. Matthias.
1: Yeah. Matthias. Yeah. Uh, it, that, that, that's not necessarily a fall. It's not a sin, but it's sure Peter being Peter. He's jumping out ahead of things and running ahead of the Lord. And well, they're told to wait.
0: Aren't they? They're told yeah, to wait on the prompting of the Holy they Spirit are. and then they're like, "Cool, let's cast lots." Yeah, let's
1: <laughs> let's let's go ahead and do this.
0: Which isn't that us today in so many ways. Oh man. When we're like, "I think God's maybe telling us something here. Uh let's just, you know, do this knee-jerk response like, "Wait on him. Wait on him." I think there is some good in that.
1: You get uh Peter I mean, after all of this takes place, Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches and 3,000 people come to the Lord and then he goes to the temple and sees the lame man and heals him and uh, preaches again and 2,000 more people come to the Lord and all of that's great. and You get Peter standing up and and, kind of leading the church. Then uh, he and and John and James are imprisoned. Uh, I guess it's him and James are imprisoned. When he gets out, uh it says that uh Peter left and went to a different place. It's at that point that he probably goes and he works specifically with churches that were being planted by people who are now going out from Jerusalem. And Peter kind of goes around as what Paul says later is the missionary to the Hellenistic Jews. And then you get Paul saying, yeah, but I was with Peter at this one place. And while it was just Peter and I, Peter would eat with the Gentiles. But when his friends came from Jerusalem he separated from him, and he ate at a different table. Man, what did that say to the Gentile believers? It told them that they were second-class citizens. So I called him out. <laughs> Peter still has his struggles.
0: But but how's he respond to it? He accepts Paul's call-out.
1: Uh, if I remember right, this is Galatians chapter two. It doesn't actually say that he accepted it. it just Paul just says I called him out.
0: Well, okay, so I always kind of took that and paired that though with Christ. Is it in Acts where he gives Peter the dream? Of all of the, of all the food. It is, it is. And so like Peter responds to that though. So my point is like, even if it wasn't Paul that he responds to, and I can't remember what all is said there, that God, that Jesus does give Peter this vision to understand. Yeah. Hey, it's not working like that anymore, buddy. Like. But he still struggled with it. Right.
1: Uh, Old habits die hard.
0: But and saying, when his
1: friends came, yeah, he kind of turned his back on the Gentiles.
0: But I'm saying that there's a willingness in in uh, Peter to change.
1: After the Holy Spirit comes, there is a much greater willingness. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And which is which is cool, right? Yeah. Like, the-
1: and afterwards, Paul talks about Peter. I think it's in Timothy, in very positive terms. Yeah, and. Same thing. Peter talks about Paul. Says, oh, he's written a lot of things. Uh, I find it hard
0: to understand some of what he You're writes. It's right. very <laughs> confusing, but I like him. Yeah, but I <laughs> like him a lot. <laughs> he actually, uh, Peter is the one I think that states that what Paul is writing is scripture. It is. It is. Which is very interesting.
1: They came to have a sense of what was really going on. Yeah. and. I mean, we've talked about Paul. Woo. Oh. Here's a guy who imprisoned Christians. He himself probably didn't kill anybody, but he sure set him up for it.
0: I mean, he was the guy holding everybody's jackets while they stoned held, Stephen to death.
1: held their jackets so they could kill Stephen, yeah.
0: And I mean, he was enough of a name that people knew his presence in the persecution of the they Christians. They knew
1: who he was. If he had never converted, he probably would have become a very prominent Pharisee.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Somebody like a Gamaliel or a Nicodemus or somebody like that.
0: And this guy is the one that ends up leading the major mission of taking the gospel to the Gentiles.
1: And above and beyond that, he's. Treated like garbage almost wherever he goes. He's imprisoned. He's
0: beaten. He's shipwrecked. In all fairness, he's- that he was not blindsided by that, considering Jesus states from the get go, <laughs> I'm going to show you just how much you can suffer for me. <laughs> That's right. Which I always thought was so funny and like kind of, I mean, like, can it's you imagine? Justice. Can you yeah. imagine Jesus being like, all right, big guy you're about to go suffer for me. Like, whoa, wait, what? (laughs) Like, that's terrifying. And he does it. He takes it. Like he, like he's good with it. I don't know. Good with it, but he accepts.
1: He accepts it. Oh, Um, he doesn't shy away from it at all.
0: Which there's something very, uh, admirable about that because it's almost like, I mean, Paul seems to be very aware of how unworthy he is. And, that kind of is his power to endure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yet he is still chosen.
1: Even in the middle. I mean, Paul has planted dozens of churches now all over Asia minor, all over Macedonia, down into Greece. And still, when he writes, he says, I'm the chief of sinners. Mm -hmm. Look what I did to the church. Mm -hmm. I tried to destroy the church. And I, I don't think that's false humility. I think that's Paul recognizing his own life. Yeah, and yet God was patient. God had a plan, and God used Peter in incredible
0: ways. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, with all this said, right? Because I mean, we we talked about a lot of people. Yeah, we've we've, yeah, we've covered. Yeah. a a decent chunk throughout Old Testament, New Testament thing is there are infinitely more people to be not infinitely, but a lot of other characters that fall into this exact same category. Very definitely. Everybody in the Bible that isn't Jesus is in this category. (laughs) Right. right. Like, and that's what makes the person of Jesus so amazing in the Bible. And that's part of how we can recognize that all of scripture is pointing to him. Yeah. Right. Like, This is the guy we've been waiting for. This is the one. This is the Messiah. This is the one that breaks the cycle of failure and sin and depravity. And who is he? Well, he's God. He's a man and he's God. And he, through his life, through his sacrifice and through his free gift of salvation and the Holy Spirit, for all those that put their faith in him, he attributes the goodness of himself to us right even though we don't deserve it we've done nothing to deserve it
1: he makes goodness in us
0: yeah yeah i i like the way tim Mackey. i saw his i've maybe said this on here before but he he did a he did like a whiteboard session talking about the gospel and he said you know hell is is here it's with us we're in it right now it's inside of us it's living in each one of us that's what hell is and jesus comes to get the hell out of you (laughs) and i thought that was the funniest thing i've ever heard i'm sorry i just wanted to throw that out there but (laughs) but he's right it is it is it's what we we live it we breathe it we we are i mean it's not you know it's kind of like the whole, like, is hell this metaphorical place or is it like a a, a literal place that we go? And the answer is yes. yes. You know, it is both of those both things. Of yeah. It is this thing that we've made for ourselves and it is this place it is, or this or this state of being of which, ultimate.
1: Which one place. day will end up in the lake of fire.
0: Right, right. You know, whatever that looks like long term, I don't know. But point being, Yeah. It's it's where this it's it's participatory, and Jesus comes to take us away from that. Jesus comes to make us a new creation and give us life, and teach us how to breathe life and how to spread His gospel, His goodness, His His truth of life, and how others can have it by putting their faith in Him.
1: So this fellow uh, Vishal Mangalwadi, he saw these stories, and he that brought him to faith. Because he said, whoa, they're just like me. This must be true. They're not blowing smoke. They're not trying to create uh straw men who are nothing but good. They're talking about people just like me who enter into a relationship with God. And it changes them. And even the change, you can see it gradually kind of working out because they still have problems
0: yeah i would challenge the listeners of this podcast that if you're not familiar with other like like stories of other religions and stuff just go look at a couple yeah cuz it's exactly what this guy's saying oh yeah like there's sure there's going to be bad guys in the story there's going to be flawed individuals in the story but they're going to paint the main characters in those stories in a much better light the bible just really doesn't attempt to right, do that
1: right it says there is none
0: righteous not even one <laughs> right right yeah it's it's a it's a big big central piece of the story and i just realized we never talked about moses we never talked about moses he was a murderer bad guy yeah, he was god he used was. him anyways yep <laughs> same same deal right um yeah i i guess my major takeaway I would want people to latch onto here is God can use you. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, you're flawed. And guess what? He likes to use flawed people. When I kind of had my come to Jesus moment some years ago, I'd grew up in the church forever. We've talked about this before. But like, there was that day when it was like real. And I was like coming to the realization that I had not. Surrendered in the way that I was supposed to, yeah. um, or at least come to come to grips with the, the truth of this whole matter. Right. 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 Um, and I knew I needed to do something about it. And I remember right around that time that Matthew West song, Broken Things, was on Christian radio. Yeah. And listen, I'm not a major proponent of Christian radio. I have many qualms with a lot of those songs because I think a lot of them are cheesy and hogie and just out to make a buck. But uh, that's for another day. I think there's a lot of good too. So don't think I'm just super pessimistic here, but I remember that song. Um, the chorus being, uh, no, I'm just the beggar in a presence of a King. I wish I could bring so much more, but if it's true that you use broken things, then here I am, Lord, I'm all yours. And that hits hard when I hear it today. Yeah. Um, Because it's just true. It's like acknowledge your brokenness, acknowledge your failure, acknowledge that you're nothing in the presence of God. And then remember, and that's exactly who he wants to use. Yeah. He wants to use that person. He wants to use the person that knows who they are, that knows that they don't belong there. That's who uh, uh, Isaiah. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I come from a right, people of unclean right. lips, and I, I don't belong here. And then God says, "Who will go for us?" And Isaiah says, "Send me, Lord. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'll use me." You know, like that's that's supposed to be the cry of our heart. Yeah, yeah. Now
1: we want to be careful. We're not saying that how we live doesn't matter. It absolutely does. It matters. It just doesn't determine our
0: salvation. And it doesn't determine your usefulness. Right, right. You know, I've found that my failures and my drawbacks and my less than perfect personality traits, uh, when I recognize those things, And speak very really about them, uh, people that feel like me or people that are in the similar boat as me, and they're out there everywhere, open up to me a little bit better than someone that maybe isn't open about their failures and their sins and their issues. Um, And the cool thing is each of us have different stories. Right. And, and it's like you are, Randy brought this up a bit earlier, you are to be a priest to the people around you, to the people that you have uh, in your circle, your sphere of influence. Um, and, and you're there for a reason and you know them for a reason. So recognize that. Recognize that God wants to use you and your story to reach the people around you.
1: So take a take a lesson from uh, some of the people that we've talked about, David. When you screw up, recognize it. Go to God, repent. Tell Him, say you want to be different. Try to be different. And when you screw up again, go back to God. Yeah. Say I'm sorry. I yep. screwed up again. The point is, all of us are fallen, and yet God uses us.
0: Right. Right. That, that you know, we've made it very clear that, you know, there's only really one hero in this story. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. But he says that we're his body. Yeah. That we are the method. We are the means through which he's chosen to operate in this world. And so we have a job to do. And that's to go out and spread the gospel and to love people and to love God. And uh, just like Randy said, it's. It's done with repentance, it's done with growth, and it's done by putting our old our old self to death day by day. yeah yep that's uh something I once heard. The problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps <laughs> crawling off the altar. <laughs> I forget who said that, but I really like it. You know it's true, so it's hard, but but you can do it for sure. You got anything else? well, not on this. Well, yeah, there's always more stuff to talk about, right? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's not, we'll make something up. We we'll will. figure it out. We won't make stuff up. Not Bible stuff, but we'll find new reasons we'll to talk about new, the Bible. Something new to talk about. <laughs> right on. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to check us out at com. And go check out our friends at Life Audio. Check out their various podcasts on parenting and Bible study and Christian living and relationships and whatever. (laughs) They got tons of stuff over there. I think they got like six different categories that all the podcasts are broken up into. So go check it out. And until next time, stay salty.